Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ears. I'm Jared Walls, Associate Producer and Starista's Creative Copy Manager. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders to get their take on the current challenges in the market, but also have a little fun along the way. In this episode, Vincent and AJ talk with John Kunzier, Chief Marketing Officer at Computer Aid. He discusses the larger strategy concerns of marketing above and beyond content, and also delves into the challenges of rebranding an established organization. AJ figures out how to change his Zoom background, and Vincent professes his love for the New York Giants. Give it a listen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Vincent Bedrovesa from Starista. So you know what that means. It's another episode of The Marketing Stir. I'm beautifully lit right now. I am excited. You, uh, if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, great. Or please keep listening to us on those various channels that you consume your podcasts. Uh, Starista, the identity marketing company, we help companies generate new customers, you know, and also enhance your existing customers amongst a variety of other marketing services. Enough about that. Enough about me. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner in crime. He goes on every ride with me on this journey and I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's going on, AJ? Hey man, pretty excited. Figured out how to do a background for my Zoom. So it's like the, uh, Small, small wins in life that matter. It is the small wins. I love it. That's the Starista background. You can see a little bit of it. Uh, it looks like your hair is beautifully blowing into the wind. There it is, Starista. Uh, <laughs> for those of you viewing us, awesome. It's been, uh, you know, I love our transition over as well to video because you, the people, said, I also want to see you guys on video. And here it is, audio, video, great. You know what else is great, AJ? Our guest. I had great conversation with this guy. I love everything about him except one thing. And we will talk about that in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the CMO of Computer Aid, John Kunzier. What's going on, John? Oh, I'm happy to be here. And I can't wait to have that conversation about the one thing you don't like about me. How, how am I going to like, you know, live that down at this point? I know it's if it was any other team. So I am referring to for those of you who may not know this about me. I am a very big Giants fan, New York Giants, the football team. And we have a rival. Well, we have a few rivals, but our biggest rival happens to be the Philadelphia Eagles. And John happens to root for that team. So that's what we discovered is, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, my gripe with John Kunzio there. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I could do the Eagles champ. I could, but I'm not going to. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. That would be it. I, I know. I would say things about Philly. We would lose fans in Philly. I'm kidding. I love Philadelphia. I was at Sesame Place last summer, and it was a delight. But uh, great to see you, John. Great to hear from you. It's... Um, Great to see you have an interesting background there as well. Some, you know, beautiful lighthouse sort of thing. That, that is actually uh, the tip of Long Island, Montauk Point. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I spent my first 21 years um, uh, vacationing there with my grandfather. So oh, wow. uh, it has a little special meaning. Um, so I, I enjoy looking at it and seeing it. 
uh, and it's a beautiful place. I recommend going anytime. That's great. I've been to Long Island before, just kind of like the, the Hamptons area a few times. I'm not one of those guys who vacations there, but uh, it's, that's nice. That's beautiful. But um, John, we wanted to talk to you about, we always, let's get right into it here. Tell us about your role. Tell us about Computer Aid. So uh, Computer Aid uh, is an IT services firm. We're, uh, we'll be turning 40 next year, so, uh, which is awesome. Um, and we're about in the $750, $800 million range. Um, and what we do as an organization is we help our clients um, improve their IT operations um, and then drive more, more revenue or more budget into innovation. And we actually have a formula that makes that work. And we've done that with government clients. We've done it with commercial clients, um, along with staffing, other types of project innovation. So cool stuff that we do that people have never heard of us. Um, and really, that's my job is to begin to promote the organization uh, around the capabilities that we deliver um, and make CAI more of a household name uh, within our client reach. Mm -hmm. And John, talk to us, we always love to hear from our guests about how they got into marketing, right? You know, it's, uh, we hear some crazy stories about it. Some are just like, well, I studied marketing and now I'm in marketing, but talk to us about that. Well, um, I did study marketing uh, at uh, Penn State. Um, and uh, when I graduated, I actually got into sales and I sold for 17 years. Um, into construction, engineering, uh, property management, real estate, that market space on the technology side, uh, to the point where I actually owned a company uh, for a number of years. And um, after 9-11, my company kind of tanked. Uh, our revenue dried up and um, I ended up kind of looking for my next adventure and uh, got into being a product manager uh, at an org organization called uh, Primavera. Um, and uh, which is now an Oracle company and began my career in marketing, kind of the second half of that. So I took a lot of the experience that I had selling uh, and then started driving that into what we did marketing wise and really learned how to be a good marketer, which took a little bit of time. I understood the business side of that, um, how we actually enabled our sales teams, um, but never had never built a product. I've implemented them. Uh, so I had some fun building products and, and making some fun things happen. And over the course of the next 20 years, I can't believe I'm going to say that, uh, <laughs> 20 years, I don't feel that old, but um, I, I just uh, celebrated my, uh, I just turned 20, 55. I was going to say 25. 25. 50, <laughs> 20, 25. I just, I just turned 55. Um, and, and over the course of the next 20 years, um, I, I really kind of progressed from doing basic product uh, project or product marketing to um, really getting into more of the strategy, portfolio strategy, go-to-market strategy, sales enablement, sales training, uh, kind of looked at a broad brush of that all the way to branding um, and, uh, and really running a team uh, from a marketing perspective, uh, managing all the way from budget to to deliverables, to what are our go-to-market plans, uh, and how do we actually rebrand an organization? So again, as over the course of, of 15, 20 years, um, I did a lot of really interesting things and never was afraid to say, 
hey, I'm going to, uh, I can go take on a challenge and, and kind of learn as, as we go and certain things. So, um, you know, again, that's how I kind of got into marketing. Um, and realistically, you know, the, the fact that I, you know, had a company that went, went bankrupt taught me a lot about how important, um, you know, our messages, our go-to-market strategy is understanding the market space. And I think in marketing today, we, um, we forget that marketing has a big piece of strategy, not just content, right? We think about it as content. We think about, you know, the next um, email campaign you're going to do or social campaign or piece of collateral. It is also about the uh, understanding the white space, understanding the competition, and really putting programs together. And that really was cemented for me when, you know, I look back at what we did and said, we were, we, we were exposed. If something happened, we, we, we were going to actually uh, uh, have some challenges and we actually did. So again, I don't know if I answered your question, but you know, a little bit about what, you know, where, how I got to where I am. Um, again, I'm not sure that I look like the traditional marketer, I'm not sure who that, what that looks like, but again, we, <laughs> you know, we, we tend to try to drive value in our messaging and what we're trying to accomplish with our sales teams. John, how did you end up at uh, Computer Aid? Um, so I started in, the, you know, again, my, my expertise was in construction and engineering. Um, I then went to work for a company called Deltec, which was project management for aerospace and defense and IT. Um, so, you know, really kind of learned and expanded my repertoire of capabilities and, and industry knowledge, um, which then moved me to IT services. I went to work for Unisys for eight years where I ran their technology marketing. Uh, I helped rebrand the company. I also did some application uh, development and strategy for them. Um, and then ultimately, uh, I was referred to from a friend of mine for the CMO job here at, at CAI. Uh, and um, after eight years, almost, almost eight years, uh, I've been at CAI for about 14, 15 months now. Gotcha. And what does the uh, marketing department look like for you? What are some of the areas you guys have expertise in? Uh, we, I would say if we looked at the two sides of our marketing department, um, our kind of demand gen events, the execution arm is pretty solid. Right, we have a design team. We've got website teams. We um, uh, we have uh, campaign managers and social uh, folks that are all really focusing on producing the con the the deliverables that w that salespeople look for. Right, I'm going to go do a virtual event. I'm going to go get an awareness campaign out. Where what we're building today uh, is more of that strategy and content arm where we're actually beginning to build the messaging uh, and do some of the research on how we begin to look at where's our white space, right? Um, doing things that are a little bit more around penetration analysis of, hey, our revenue looks like this. Where do we see our capabilities? Um, matching uh, with it within our client base. And where do we see the white space within that client base? And I'll, and I'll be kind of a little broader, for example, uh, you know, we, we deal with states, not just individual agencies, but we look at it by state and we look at it then also by industry, by uh, agency. And we begin to look at saying, okay, well, we do transportation. Uh, we also have uh, foothold in finance and HHS. How are we doing compared to that? Um, where do we have a foothold in one area where we can then use it in another? 
So again, that's an area where we're starting to develop and build uh, to be a little bit more proactive in how we're marketing them. Because again, uh, content marketing can be reactive and we wanna move from that reactive state to a more proactive state uh, moving forward so that we can say, here's our strategy and here's how we're doing it. And we think that's going to help us with our campaign planning, our program management, where we're gonna look at it and say, here's why we're doing what we're doing. We're not saying no because we don't think it's a good idea. We're saying no because it doesn't fit into our strategy or we're saying yes because it fits into our strategy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a whole lot of sense. And then what are some of the channels that you focus on for marketing and advertising? Um, we, we focus, uh, we started primarily with email, um, which we all know the challenges of email, right? Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of those are, um, we kind of have, I don't say we have to do it, but we're doing it, right? Uh, we've actually had a, a big focus on really expanding our social networks um, and uh, beginning to build followers and programs that are social uh, only type programs or social focus programs. So we might do some email with those and beginning to expand those capabilities so that we're leveraging kind of that more open environment versus email where, again, I, I, we're, you know, for, for those of you in the EU, right, um, you're going to, you'd be like, okay, your rules are not our rules. The EU rules are crazy compared to what we do in the U.S. California is starting to get there with some of their requirements. Uh, Canada is a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a hybrid between what we do and what, what the EU does. Um, but we're starting to see that, you know, kind of, constrict in the and what our abilities are so we really need to look at those other channels to begin to build um, thought leadership and then also brand awareness and followers around that I mean we've pretty much just about doubled the number of followers we had since I got here um, you know, from about 13,000 to about 23 24,000 followers uh, in, a, in less than a year um, so we're continuing and for some people that's like well that's chump change right well that's something we are focused on we're driving toward and it's a strategic initiative on the marketing side to grow that um, and we have a concerted effort to make that that growth happen hey, John are there industries that you are now emerging in that you weren't emerging in prior to this um, we're we tend to be pretty consistent um, hmm. in our industries that we're going after. We do a lot of public sector work, um, tolls and transportation. So if you go to Disney World, right, you'll see us down in Florida, right, on the on the tollways, in PA, in Chicago, uh, hmm. if you're on the mass transit side. Um, but also really looking at some of the, the, the manufacturing uh, distribution areas, um, uh, energy, um, and energy is a broad, you know, kind of a broad industry, um, you know, generation and also distribution are part of it. Um, so more of the, I think the downstream kind of stuff versus the upstream, but you know, I, I probably got that backwards, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, folks that are producing, we do some product, you know, work with, with producers, but also distribution organizations, you know, electrical distribution, uh, water, that kind of thing. So, when we look at that, we're really driving toward that. We do have some industries that we've kind of backed out of because of the COVID and the impact on those particular industries where we're, they're less of a focus. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't mean we're not supporting them uh, as need be, but we know that there's, you know, those are challenges uh, today. 
John, you mentioned that one of your specialties is part of your marketing specialties, rebranding. You've certainly done that at other companies. Is Computer Aid going through a rebranding right now? Uh, we are not going through a rebranding right now. We're actually starting to look at the brand um, and we're looking at how to simplify some of the things that we're doing. But again, rebranding takes a lot, right? There's a lot of aspects of it where you have to consider some of the core things that you're doing today. Uh, and then ultimately where you see that gap. Um, we do need to simplify some of the things that we're, how we're selling um, to make it easier for people to buy. And, and again, that is the core element of what we're, what we're going to start to look at. But I think that's more of a 2021 uh, type initiative as we start to look forward. Um, but again, I think a lot of the, you know, from a branding perspective, we have some good, really core values uh, that we want to continue. We just want to kind of get to that point where we take it to the next, next level uh, from there. So uh, again, it's something that you always want to be looking at, at how your brand is performing, how you are perceived in the market space, and how do you make it simple for people to buy and understand what you do? And we're still kind of figuring a few of those things out uh, and getting the core found foundational elements in place to make some of that, that stuff happen. So again, I, I got him, I came on board with some, there's some things that, you know, I would have cha I changed and there's some things that we kind of kept because they were working, uh, especially around brand. Um, but I think at this, you know, at this point, we're going to start kind of progressing that as more of a leadership team and take it to that next level. Jen, has the pandemic affected your marketing strategies at all? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just like everybody else's. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we went to all virtual. So we've been doing a lot of virtualized events. Um, and for me, that, you know, that, that was not a big change. Um, personally, because I've done those before. I've been doing those for, you know, 15 plus years. When you come from a technology background and a software background, virtual is a core component of what you actually deliver. So doing those types of events uh, were not that much of a challenge for us. The, you know, again, the, the big areas were really creating that digital content, uh, really working on our website, really updating some website content. And we're starting to also look, uh, you know, from a virtual perspective, um, really doing a little bit more of the analytics side of this uh, and the AI side to begin to understand what people are searching on, who, who's looking for what. And we're really looking at maturing that kind of AI uh, predictive view externally um, and, on, and beginning to look at that. Because if you believe that 60 plus percent of the research is done before they ever engage a vendor, you need to do two things. You need to make sure that you have a website that provides content that is that people understand and that provides some value that they're going to get to and they're going to look at it. Um, but also you need to understand who's looking for what, right? And with the tools today, we have the capabilities of really driving that, cap that, that understanding and beginning to look at what the intent is between, you know, again, who's on our website, what are they looking at, and we also look at it from the idea of a lead based on the company, not an individual, um, as, a, as a core element. Because, you know, back in the day, it, would, it was, uh, I say that like I'm old, which I, I guess I kind of am, I don't know. Um, 
but uh, you know, I say it because you know, back in the day, you'd have a CIO or a CFO or somebody come on your website, and you're like jumping up and down because that was your buyer. Well, today they're one of your buyers, right? Here's a committee that you need to go understand. And having a CIO just drop onto your website doesn't mean you have a lead. It means that you have somebody that with the right title that was there, right? We're interested. We may want to talk to them. But if the CIO comes on and a procurement person comes on your website or is looking for something else, um, somebody in a technical role, somebody in a PM role, uh, you know, you begin to look at that buying committee and, and we then begin to look at it and say, how does that combined score? What does that look like? Right. When we say, um, you know, again, lead scoring to me is no longer an individual that Vince came to my website and, and he viewed, you know, a 40 minute thing. Well, you know, he might be just researching something for his own, uh, you know, own understanding versus I've had four people with buying committee roles on our website, that means something different to me than an individual. Again, we look at both, we're, we're gonna measure both, but we're gonna really look at that moving forward. And that's accelerated, the pandemic has accelerated our drive to understand those capabilities and what's happening so that we get better intelligence. Ultimately, my job is to point my sales folks to the right opportunities and the right leads that are happening in the right companies. That's, that's what my job is. That's the, again, it's not just awareness. It's that uh, more so than anything. Yeah. And speaking of tools, are there certain marketing tools that uh, you really like or that you swear by that our uh, listeners can utilize? Um, so when I came uh, uh, to CI, we uh, had, a, we were using a product called Acton, um, which is, um, if you look at Gardner, they're visionary in their, placement. Um, and, and I'm significantly impressed with their capabilities. Um, you know, again, it, it doesn't do everything, but nobody does everything. And the thing that I liked most about it, there were some really kind of two things, is that my people know how to use it and use it effectively and, and fully use it, right? There's a lot of solutions, and I won't mention any names that I've worked with in the past, but, you know, the, we're so freaking complex that you just couldn't yeah, it does it, but you had to stand in your head and, you know, um, and, and close your eyes and hope it all worked, right? This is, you know, Acton actually works fairly well. It's fairly straightforward to use. Um, it's, it integrates to Salesforce. So that's one of our tools that, that we've really done a nice job of, of exploiting and utilizing uh, to its fullest. I, you know, again, I, I have got plugins from Acton that I can actually see who's on the website. If we've cookied you, we know who you are, how long, what's your role. Um, we're also using Sixth Sense to do competitive, um, um, really kind of understanding for searches. Who else are they looking at based on those segments? Uh, we're using Octopost, which is a partner solution to, uh, to act on for social engagement. Again, uh, one of the core things that, that we look for in the technology is not, it, again, not the uh, exhausted list of features. It's the right features that we need, the right capabilities that we need in a package that we can use, right? So for example, we just uh, signed up with a product called Lucid Press, which I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but one of our big challenges is, um, you know, I have, a, I have an internal design team of three people and they touch 80% of uh, the content that is minor changes, right? They don't really need to make those changes. Um, if we had it in a different format, we could actually have the end user, uh, end user meaning 
the marketing manager, right? Somebody in the business be able to make that change. Um, and Lucid Press actually takes those formats and allows us to take an InDesign and Adobe InDesign format, drop it into uh, Lucid Press, and you can literally fill it in, right? It manages all the brand, the imagery, the sizing, all of that. And we think we're going to cut our design requirements or design effort um, by 60 to 80% because we're going to distribute it. And it's going to cut the time between where we're going, where we're going, where, where you know, the, the, the week or two that it takes for us to get content done to a couple of days, if, if less, right? And the days are really whether, you know, we can get an approval from somebody uh, and a review more than a content change, right? It's not the, it's not the logistics that are the problem or the, or the process that the problem, it's the, it's the approvals, uh, the approval logistics that we'd have to get through a little faster. So again, we, we kind of have a philosophy of, we try to keep it straightforward and simple that I know that sounds like such a cliche. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll sacrifice features for usability because again, we will use something. Um, if we use, you know, 80% of a tool um, and we can use it effectively versus we're only using 20%, but you know, the rest of it we can't use because it's too hard. That is not a good investment, right? And from a marketing perspective, we don't have, you know, again, I don't know about you guys, um, but you know, we don't have uh, an excess of people, right? Right. Marketing has always been, you know, kind of that we try to keep it at, at the bare minimum of what you need. And we're really leveraging technology to make the most of the people that we have um, and the automation of what we do. Because ultimately, uh, again, technology works on Sundays. It works on, you know, Wednesday evenings at 2, at 2 a.m., right? Um, we want that technology to work when our buyers are actually looking. And there's no, you know, with the virtual world, you don't know when people are working anymore. They could work at three o'clock in the morning. I've got, I get emails at three o'clock in the morning for people, right? And they're in the U.S. They're not somewhere else, right? They're, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? But that's when they get their productive time and they don't sleep or they go to bed early and they get up early. You know, you never know uh, with, or they, or they never went to bed, either one. So, um, so again, from a technology perspective, that's kind of our flow and what we're trying to accomplish with this so that we have, we do um, things faster, um, and we can focus on the creative part, not the logistics part. And I, I love it, what you said there, John. There was a, a, something that resonated me, re resonated with me was the fact that you know technology just making sure you're using it to the best of your ability because if I'm using something and there's 85% of it I'm not using, well, what, what's the point? It's kind of, yeah. we, we put out, uh, we have a DSP that we have, Adster, we just put it out a few months ago. And we tell people, it's like, well, we used others and we were not using 85% of the other thing, of the, of the uh, features that we were being charged for. So we just have our own now and it's really 15% of what you really need. And this is why the cost is different. So no, I, I, I love what you yeah. said there. Yeah. And, and, and really is, it comes down to cost benefit of really utilizing the tools that are out there. Um, and again, I, I, I don't love any tool. I love what they, that tool gives me the capabilities that it gives me. Um, if I can find something that's better, um, even if it, if it costs less, costs more, it's more about what it's, what it's going to provide us. And exponentially, can I, can I take a resource that I'm paying 
uh, and exponentially make them more effective. That's really what I'm looking for versus, yeah, I'm worried about that. We've picked some really inexpensive tools that are awesome, right? That just do some really good basic things, blocking and tackling. And from where we are right now, we're not snotty, snobby about it. We just, we use those tools. Like you said, Vince, it's really, you know, if you're using, if you only need 15%, then find a tool that's going to do that for you at a price point that makes sense. Right. Um, exactly. And keep it simple. That's the other, the other mantra that we have. Keep it yeah. simple. And I have my opinion on this, uh, but do you feel that your background in sales gives you, uh, you know, gives you the leg up in your marketing position? Uh, yes, actually, I, I think it does. Um, and the, and the reason I say that is that, um, you know, when you're selling a product and you're, you're face to face with somebody and you have to figure out how to close that product, close that sale, right? Um, there's two ways to do it. You can pressure somebody to do something and there's regret afterwards, or you can really understand the value that you're delivering. Um, and then, speak to that value, demonstrate that value, provide the, the client examples of that value so that they feel comfortable. It, it's funny when I was selling, um, uh, I was selling replacement accounting software systems, right? Um, so somebody's walking in, I wouldn't call it ERP, but again, we were selling pain to people. And there was at, at some point in the process, when, I, when people are like starting to make the motions to say, yes, I'm interested, I'm going to move forward with this. How do we implement? Um, and they make that and I, I would literally turn to them and say, I'm going to tell you that this process is going to be hard, right? You're gonna to have to work to do this, to make, it, to make this happen. And it's not gonna go easily in spots, right? There's gonna be challenges as you go forward. Um, just accept it. If you're angry, call me, right? Um, you know, um, don't don't take it out on my people. T just call me. We work through the process. And it's amazing as we begin to look at that, you know, from a sales perspective, right? Once you get to that, uh, that understanding of trust, right? To me, that wasn't, that was less of a, you know, kind of making sure, you know, a, a qualification than I'm giving you the same sp this spiel that I give everybody else, which is it's a trust factor. You have to trust we're going to do it you have to hold up your end of the bargain and when it doesn't go well and it won't in spots don't call anybody but us but me right or whomever right we designated because that way again when you're looking at that idea it became an end-to-end -end. and when we look at marketing marketing is no longer about the front end of the funnel or the back end of the funnel it's from the beginning of the funnel to the end of the funnel right and if we think about it it's from once that prospect becomes a client that client, then it's also marketing back to them in cross-selling, in satisfaction, and all the other things that go along with that. And we, as as you know, again, you know, are we, we tend to think about marketing as that front end of the funnel, and sales as the back end of the funnel. We, we're we're trying to change that, where again we span the entire process. And I think that's also what I learned through that process, which is it isn't just about you know getting a piece of paper signed or electronically you know stamped or whatever. It is about following through and making your clients happy. I liked nothing more than to get a phone call from a new prospect who said, hey, I would like you to come out. And yet they'd ask you the question of why? And how did you do this? Well, I got this person and this person and this person recommended you. 
and that is really ultimately what it comes down to. Um, and so we're, what we try to do uh, in our marketing is really understand and crystallize the value of what, we, of what that service provides and surround it with those stories of success that people have had with what we've done, right? And have volumes of them because we have them as, as an organization. Most companies do. They just don't mind that data. And we, that first thing I walked in the door, we mind our success stories immediately because if we don't mind our success stories um, and they take a while to build, and Vince, you know this, right? You're in the middle of a sales process and you need somebody that looks like this, right? With this requirement and that requirement, they don't pop up every every day. So you've got to work at it every day to build those success stories. And that was one of the, I think, things that I did very well at the beginning, which was we started that program. And now when you go to our website, you start seeing them populate, right? And really begin to show up everywhere on the on the website so that people are going, wow, I didn't know you guys did that. So um, probably a long-winded answer to your question. But again, it's real. again, that sales background for anybody who's in sales, um, marketing is hard. Marketing is different. Marketing is uh, um, analytics and you really need to be cerebral in the way that you approach it these days, right? But there's some core elements that selling teaches you that marketing that is very useful on the marketing side of the, of the fence. John, a question we like to ask all our, uh, all our guests on this podcast is, What's a LinkedIn message that works on you? And what is it that you don't like about a LinkedIn message that really turns you off? Um, I always look for someone that provides me some value in the process. I probably have 30 LinkedIn invites and most of them that have not been responded to are hey, we have somebody mutual or, hey, I, I just happened to see your blah, 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 right? Which means I'm one of 50 people that are being spammed by this person and they're, and they're doing the email, you know, kind of flow down versus, hey, John, I looked at your, your, um, your profile. I looked at your website um, and I see you're doing X. And we have a client that, that looks like you that really value, that benefited from X, right? To me, that is, right, that, you know, th there's, um, there's an old adage that um, to go faster, sometimes you need to slow down, right? And, and the answer is more is not more, not better, it's just more, right? So if you sat back and said, I'm gonna do 10 quality LinkedIn messages today or this week, versus, you know, 10 today that I just jam out, um, it shows. Uh, and, and I think that's one of those things where, again, I look at them, I read them, I see them. Again, as a marketing professional, LinkedIn is one of our channels, so I stay on top of it. And really providing value to somebody like myself, I don't know everything about marketing, right? Um, I don't know anybody that does. Uh, so I'm always looking, I'm always reading, I'm always, you know, looking at what's happening from Gartner. I'm looking at what my competitors are doing. So give me something that I don't have to search for and I'm in, right? I'll, I'll review it. doesn't mean I'm going to link with you and it doesn't mean you're going to get a sales opportunity out of it. But again, you have a better shot if you're going to give me something that, that, 
that uh, really gives me something to think about and to consume. And uh, also, you know, John, one of the things we love talking about on the podcast is uh, work with different organizations. You know, AJ does a lot of work with Leukemia Lymphoma Society, myself with the boys uh, and girls, uh, I'm sorry, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. And uh, I understand you do a lot of work with uh, Autism to Work. I'd love to learn more about that program. Yep. So, so uh, CI has an Autism to Work program. Um, and this program actually started uh, as a partnership with the uh, former governor of Delaware. Um, and he came to us, we, we actually were the largest and still are the largest staff augmentation provider or staff provider to the state of Delaware. So, um, uh, and Jack, oh, what's Jack's last name? It'll come to me. Um, came to us and said, I'd like to start this program uh, where basically we help folks on the spectrum um, find gainful employment, good employment with our clients. Um, and really the things that are different about what we do with them with, within this program is that we understand, we work with our clients to find the right positions, right job initiatives, and then we find the right people and train them uh, on business etiquette, how to write an email, how to show up on time, you know, set the process up to get from their house to, to a, uh, you know, to a job. Uh, for many of these, these um, uh, staff members, it's the first time that they've had a job or they've worked externally and they're starting to gain some independence around that. So again, overall the program itself, um, we've helped, you know, hundreds of people get positions with, you know, large fortune 500, 1000 companies. And realistically, it is a program that, that again, feels, it feels good um, to help, but it's not a charity, right? These, the, 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 these employees or associates for our clients are, are there to, to actually do a job and, uh, and really get the value of, hard, of, of having a job. Um, and it's not just a paycheck. It's about feeling valued and feeling like you're, you're, um, that you found a place that you can actually strive and, and, and uh, thrive in. John, any last thoughts as we come to the close of the hour here on anything cool you guys are going to be doing in the next year or anything you're excited about in marketing world in general? Um, we are, um, we're going to be doing some uh, kind of advanced insight um, uh, evaluation for clients. That's an area where we're really going to focus on, on getting better at understanding uh, insights are, that are happening in the marketplace before they start to happen um, and really getting more predictive in the way that we attack our government sector uh, and really more aggressive in managing um, how we process and, and look for opportunities in that government space um, and being a little bit more leveraging, excuse me, more uh, analytics and AI to, to make that happen. So, so those are some things that we're really excited about. Um, because we think that's th those could be game changers. Um, again, going back to the idea of my job is um, to provide my sales teams with insight and quality uh, quality opportunities, leads basically, to see where they are so that they understand what they should be focusing on and really look at, again, trying to drive awareness so that when they walk in the door, they know who we are. But also when they walk in the door, we know that we're probably pretty qualified to actually do the work. 
um, and doing a lot of that pre-qualification. Are we there yet? Absolutely not. I'm not sure if I know anybody that is, right? Uh, you know, and over the last uh, 14, 15 months, um, I started with a pretty interesting foundation. Um, we reworked it, and now we're starting to look at, okay, we're now at a good spot. We're at a good equilibrium. How do we change the game marketing-wise? And that's what we're looking to do next around that. Um, and, I, and again, the good news, I got great people. I work for a really cool company um, that is, you know, all about our purpose and helping people and doing the things that need to be done. Um, and we have the opportunity to really kind of change the game in the way that we, uh, we go to market from a market, from a market and sales perspective. Nice. And John, just uh, real quick, what do you love to do for fun? Uh, well, um, I am a uh, club volleyball coach. I run a, a small club of 12 nice. here in the Philadelphia market. Um, and uh, I was a division one volleyball coach back in the day. Uh, and then I had kids and stuff and kind of took a bit, a little bit of a hiatus from that. Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm doing that with, uh, with uh, a, a, great, a number of great coaches. Um, you know, we, uh, we're not the most, if this is a, a philosophy, right? We're not the, the, the most expensive club in the world, but we win. Uh, nice. we're, we, we do, we, we, um, you know, have good end results and we're focused on fun. We're focused on that with the idea that if our players have fun, um, they come to practice and if they come to practice, we can teach them, um, and they'll start to win. And if they win, they'll have fun and they come to practice. So it's a, we are trying to make this a very fun, old school, kind of the way, you know, we grew up back in the day when mm -hmm. it, sports wasn't life or death. It was just sports. And we're trying to do that. And we have, uh, we've had great success doing that. And it's fun. I enjoy it. It, it keeps me being 25 instead of 55. <laughs> See, so you really are 25. I right? am you know, 25. Like, there like, we go. Like you said, yeah, well, I love playing volleyball too. I, I played in the co-ed beach league. Uh, we have a Starista team out there there in san antonio i've yet to go and play with those guys and dominate that team there or you know but anyway you know john this has been amazing thank you for spending some time with us here on the marketing stir that's john kunzier the cmo of cai computer aid i'm vincent petrofessa that's aj gupta thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time thanks for listening to the marketing stir podcast by starista please like rate and subscribe if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, email us at info at themarketingstir.com. Thanks for listening.